number 151 my name is john with me as always is ryan good morning good morning ryan um some of us many of us uh you know listening and um part of that are part of the star wars community we would have been at star wars celebration anaheim this weekend um and we're not so that's a bummer but that's that's uh what the that's where we are right now it's uh it's that weekend in august when we all would have been at star wars celebration anaheim so um you know, we kind of thought this might be a big weekend, and in some ways it has been in terms of uh, sort of announcements and things like that, um, but uh, maybe not quite as big as we thought. Uh, some um, fans have uh, kind of taken it upon themselves, and some Star Wars podcasters and things like that have taken it upon themselves to make this uh, this weekend sing a little bit since Celebration was canceled, so that's been cool. Uh, Ryan, I know that you've been um, following some of the uh, Force Fest panels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I went to, um, uh, air quotes, went to um, right. <laughs> uh, a bunch of panels uh, yesterday um, that I will talk about later in the show. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that uh, in the second half of the show. And uh, I know like a lot of the podcasts out there have been putting out some special shows and things like that, which is really cool. Um you know, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Force Material, they've been doing a, a new episode each day um, of the weekend. So four episodes uh, for each of the days that would have been part of Star Wars Celebration. So that's been really cool. Um, and lots of other shows have been doing, if not daily content, uh, special content for this weekend. So that is all really cool stuff. Um, we, I expected, Ryan, that we would get a trailer for Mandalorian Season 2 this weekend. Uh, it just seemed like, um, you know, too much of a layup in terms of uh, Star Wars and Lucasfilm being like, well, they're not there, you know, so let's give them this trailer. Uh, mm -hmm. And we're getting very close, uh, we think, to season two releasing um, in probably something like maybe six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. So, um, you know, it's it's getting pretty close. You usually would start a promotional push for something at least a month, you know, before it launches. So. Uh, it's kind of surprising, um, disappointing, but, uh, you know, I guess, uh, we were talking right before we started recording, you, you have a feeling or, or you're thinking that it's still coming soon. Just, uh, just not this weekend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think who knows, um, it's 2020, um, all conventional wisdom is gone. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, traditionally, yes we would have a trailer right now um you know but uh i think yeah it could i mean likely maybe it'll drop tomorrow um we're recording on sunday maybe it will drop on monday um i sort of expected it on friday um was just you know the vibe i got and the thing that made sense but uh, nothing makes sense anymore. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe just 10 a.m. Monday um, or later in the week. Or, um, as I've already seen, um, some people just completely giving up hope. Um, another uh, aspect of 2020. Uh, 
some people are like maybe we just won't even they won't there won't even be a trailer and yeah. the show will just come on um, that would be wild October. <laughs> yeah wild. um that uh i i would question the logic in doing something like that on their part but uh mm-hmm. you know i don't work in a giant marketing team that has all kinds of research to you know back up decisions like that or whatever but uh i don't know even those giant marketing teams sometimes make uh, bad calls. Um, but also, you know, the, the thing that I was thinking as, as you were, uh, discussing that is that it, it just seems like if Lucasfilm is in touch with their fan base and I think they are at least to a certain degree, um, you know, it just seems too easy, too smart, too reasonable to say, Hey, you know, people are bummed. Like you had a hundred thousand Star Wars fans probably who were going to you know, all convene in Anaheim this weekend and everybody is really excited about it, looking forward to it, and you know, uh, whatnot. It just, it just makes too much sense to be like, Hey, let's give them something good, you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, to make up for that. Um, but, but, uh, it seems likely that maybe this is a situation too, where like Disney plus is such a huge thing for Disney. It's so important. Uh, I think to, their business. I say this as somebody who doesn't really understand business, but you know what I mean? It seems like it's really important to their business, especially now with COVID and 2020 and the way things have gone down. Like Disney plus is like something that's, uh, you know, maybe the biggest part of their, their business at this point, right. Or Mm -hmm. a huge component of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just wonder when, and the Mandalorian is like, I think the most popular thing on Disney plus, um, Certainly, as far as like original content goes, it's the most popular thing. I mean, so, that in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, but it's just like at a certain point, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and, and and the people at Lucasfilm might be thinking like, "Hey, we'd love to do a thing for Star Wars Celebration," but I think as far as like the the ladder goes or whatever the hierarchy goes at Disney or whatever, it might be um, people all the way towards the top that are like micromanaging when promotion starts for you know the thing that is like arguably the biggest component of the biggest part of their business right now you know what i mean like mm-hmm. as, as much as we on star wars twitter and doing star wars podcasts and stuff are like hey this weekend was star wars celebration how can they not release a trailer like that's asinine of course they're gonna do it um you know people at disney probably look at us and think like not that we don't matter you know or they don't want to make us happy but like we're not gonna like completely readjust our marketing plan for the biggest show on the biggest part of our business because you know some people were going to convene in for a convention you know what i mean it just like yeah. i don't know if you just take a step back and think like ah this is a huge part of their business and um there are other concerns besides just all the star wars geeks i say affectionately but you know what i mean that we're going to go to this convention in california you know what i mean yeah no i'm sure but um whatever new bob is running disney right now (laughs) is like uh is like what even celebration what even is that like is that a is that a theme park is that is that the thing with the millennium falcon at disneyland (laughs) like what are you talking about um but i think yes um to all of that but also like you know there was going to be a trailer at celebration like especially this year when they didn't they were they didn't have any movie trailers to show or anything like how were they going to fill like the big hall like mandalorian was the biggest thing they had so as i mean as far as we know 
Um, so yeah, I'm confused. I'm interested. Um, I also wonder if, um, and this is like, this is like super idealized on my part and probably incredibly naive. Um, but I, I wonder if they looked at the success of DC fandom and were like, whoa, I wonder if we could whip together something like that, um, you know, for 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, and cause I mean, fandom had like 22 million people watching stuff. Um, and you know, in and out of, um, the different panels and everything, um, and they had like just a ton of engagement all over the world. Um, and I wonder if like, but it, but it almost, but that was also something that like DC had in development for like three or four months. Yeah. And so I don't know if like, if you can just make something like that happen in, you know, a month um, and then like have it out like right before Mandalorian, but then have a bunch of other stuff too. Um, but then at the same time, that, kind of doesn't make sense because they also like moved all their game announcements that probably would have been at celebration uh to gamescom yeah 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 it's all it's all uh kind of it's a it's a tangled web i suppose you'd say right Mm -hmm. because um yeah i mean you know that's that then you have a whole nother player involved in the games thing because like those are uh, software publishers who are putting those games out and, you know, I'm sure they definitely have, um, some pretty, uh, solid plans in terms of how they want to market those games and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so, um, and, and those are products that are going to be sold in store shelves and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, yeah, I, I think that they probably, and, you know, all eyes are, well, not all eyes, but, you know, there are more eyes on like video game announcements and stuff this weekend because of Gamescom. So they probably wanted to get that out and, it is interesting. It's like, hey, all these Star Wars video game trailers um, came out on Thursday of what would have been Star Wars Celebration, but it's also Thursday of Gamescom, you know? So mm-hmm. it's almost like, was that like a, a happy, not accident, but um, I think we woke up on Thursday, saw those trailers and thought, hey, cool, they're starting to do things that they were going to do at Celebration, um, which could be true, or it could just be that like, well, Celebration's not happening, but Gamescom is, so these software publishers are releasing those trailers on that day. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, because yeah. as the rest of the weekend has gone on, it doesn't really seem like Lucasfilm had much of a, well, they didn't really do anything else in terms of announcements and, you know, um, reveals or anything like that. Like outside of those video game trailers that probably would have happened regardless of if Celebration was this weekend because of Gamecom, um, Gamescom, there, there hasn't really been any other updates or anything from Lucasfilm unless I'm misremembering, right? Yeah, they, um, I mean, there's the Star Wars Celebration store. <laughs> um, that... Oh my god, the the less said the better, I think. <laughs> um, did you pop over there? Because you, you have, you actually have your ticket. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I looked at it, I mean, it's fine. It's just, you know, a bunch of t-shirts and there's a couple cool, like, exclusive items or whatever. There's like a tiki, uh, a downed ATAT tiki style cookie jar, which is really cool, mm. but it's like a hundred dollars, you know. Um, yeah. And then there's a like a little stuffed animal um, 
Tauntaun with that the belly opens up and you can pull out a little stuffed animal, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, who looks all, <laughs> all you know, almost dead. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that stuff is cool. Um, and then just a bunch of T-shirts. My, my feeling is that they um, probably had already started producing some of this stuff before they canceled the convention. And, like, now oh, it's yeah. like, what do we do with it? We'll try to sell it, right? But I just, I don't feel particularly inspired to spend, like, $30 on a, on a Celebration 2020 T-shirt that I didn't, you know, for a convention I didn't go to. And um, it's, I mean, it's fine. You know, I don't begrudge them trying to sell this stuff but (laughs) i do kind of get like the more i think about i do get a little irritated though because it was like you know they sent out the emails to everybody who bought tickets to celebration and it was well you know you can um get a refund you can have your tickets roll over to 2022 which is what i did um or you can get a refund for your ticket or if you want and if you in in there's something about like you can get a refund in the form of merchandise credit for the store or if you do a certain thing you get 10% 10% like extra credit for the store or something like that. And it's like for what, you know, to buy t-shirts for a convention that you just got a refund for tickets. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but I just hope not too many people were like, Oh yeah, give me that store credit, you know, for the celebration store. Cause there's uh, not a yeah. ton of stuff on there. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool pins, cool t-shirts. There's like lunch boxes. It's, it's fine, but uh, Yeah. But um, to, you know, uh, real quickly, back to that fandom thing, that's a really interesting, um, I hadn't really thought about that too much. I mean, my perspective on this all was like, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't like go uh, to the fandom or whatever, because I'm not, you know, big into the DC thing. But it seemed like a really successful event. It seemed really cool. It was like one day, right? Just a bunch of panels and stuff streaming online. Uh, it was free? Or did you have to pay for that? Uh, it was free. Free. Yeah. Okay. Um, so really cool. And, and obviously like with that Batman trailer, like they got like a big return on the investment of doing that fandom thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the, the Batman trailer would make a splash anyways, but like it, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, that's like all anybody was talking about. And I've, I've just been looking at it like, wow, you know, like this seems like something really smart and really well put together. Um, and Lucasfilm kind of got shown up on that because, they had this huge convention planned and they just, you know, did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- I had not ever considered, like you just said, like, Hey, maybe they looked at that and said, let's throw something together. You know what I mean? Um, because I don't know. I mean, like we're going to talk about this force fest thing later on, but you know, that's just some fans who are enthusiastic and decided to, you know, take, uh, an unfortunate situation and try to find something good in it and, and turn it into something, you know, good and fun. And, you know, that's supporting make a wish. And I mean, it's, it's great. You know, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems like, wow, if, if a group of fans can do that just with a little bit of enthusiasm and ingenuity, you know what I mean? Like how tough would it be for Lucasfilm to put something together? Um, and it's like, it doesn't have to be this weekend it didn't have to happen now they could still do it in october or something right or they could do it whenever mm-hmm. so that's a that's a great point um i don't want to get too my hopes up too high that they're doing something like that because you know uh they're probably not but i mean it's that's a, that's a, definitely an interesting you know kind of uh perspective that that, that they could be maybe on you know smaller scale or whatever but they could be trying to put something like that together that would be great uh i guess they don't have as many projects to maybe hype up but yeah um but maybe 
next year they will um because like you know sorry everyone there's probably not going to be conventions next year at least yeah. in the united states um right. in in functioning countries yeah they'll probably be having concerts and going to restaurants <laughs> and bars and movies and yeah. uh having conventions and everything but uh probably not going to be any in the united states next year so i think um you know like there was i don't know i saw like a variety article or something where it's like top executives at wb were very pleased with fandom so i think um with you know now that like executives are taking notice of Mm -hmm. something like fandom Mm -hmm. like i could totally see like you know marvel doing something similar um I mean, maybe Disney will just do like a D23 virtual weekend. Yeah. And have, you know, have Star, like have a big Star Wars chunk, have a big Marvel chunk, have a big, sure. you know, proper Disney yeah. chunk. Um, so I could see something like that coming that does seem like the immediate future of conventions, at least in the United States. Yeah. No, I think that uh, that checks out. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's probably more likely than them, you know, getting it done sometime super soon. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, going forward, um, hopefully they'll, they'll find ways to do that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, we don't have a Mandalorian trailer. Um, uh, hopefully <laughs> I'm sure we're going to, I mean, I, I would say my, my money is on, there's no way that there's not, not going to do a trailer. Um, so I think that'll come sometime soon, but they, they missed the, uh, the easy opportunity, I feel like, or the, the most obvious, uh, kind of choice to, to do it this weekend when would have been server celebration. So it's kind of, um, shock, not shocking, but, you know, definitely surprising they didn't do it, but, uh, I guess we just have to wait a little longer and, uh, that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think like at this point though, like I'd kind of just like to see, you know, Filoni or Favreau or someone like on Instagram being like either trailers coming or not going to be a trailer. And then so we could just like move on with our lives. I mean, that's a great point, too, is like, you know, a little communication would have been great as well. You know what I mean? They could have said earlier in the week, like, hey, you know, we know people are are disappointed that there's no Star Wars celebration this week and you're excited for a Mandalorian trailer. There's one coming, but it's going to be a little bit longer. You know, something like that would have, I mean, it's not like it would have, people would have been thrilled to see that or whatever, but at least it would, I don't know. I I know that I can get myself whipped up in, into a frenzy of like excitement. And then, you know, I, I know you can do that too. Yeah. And then it will, <laughs> and you then know, disappointment. Go, right, 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 right. So it's like, if you just tell me ahead of time, like it's not happening then. It is what it is. And and it would be so easy to be like, hey, here's, you know, it's not happening, but here's a couple pieces of concept art or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Just like they could have done, you know, I don't know. Here's a here's a Topps trading card with a vintage Topps trading card with a picture of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. <laughs> like, boom. Like, I'm good until October. Right, right. Or like Dave Filoni couldn't just do a cryptic sketch on uh, Instagram, be like, well, no trailer, but, you know, puzzle over this mystery for a little while. You know what I mean? Like, here's some owls and stuff. Yes, owls and stuff would have gone a long way. Yeah, (laughs) it really would have. Yeah. So. All right, Ryan, let's talk. uh, Let's talk about this um, 
this post that uh, we have going on Blockade Runner. This is your brainchild um, and mm-hmm. actually 100% your uh, doing so far. But uh, yeah, I hope to, to add to it here uh, eventually. But this is a, a post you put together for our, our recommended Disney era novels and comics. So uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely, there are some gaps in here that I left intentionally for you to fill in. Um, I'll see if you can uh, figure out uh, <laughs> what those are and, uh, you know, take that initiative. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. okay. But uh, yeah, I think it's like, it's overall just, um, you know, it's a question that, um, you know, I've got, I've gotten from some of my friends who are Star Wars fans, but not like, super in tune to the you know stuff outside the movies and tv shows um you know like the whoa there's there's a lot of books and comics out right now like what are the you know what are the what are the ones to read Hmm. um and you know for some sometimes uh you know it's people asking like what is you know the the book or comic i should read to you know, tell me more about something in X movie or whatever. Um, and then sometimes it's like, well, I'm just in a Star Wars mood. Like, what's good? Um, and so, yeah, I made, you know, with that in mind, I just made this list, um, tried to keep it simple, um, kept it um, completely without uh, links to Amazon.com. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is all, it's not the quote-unquote best stuff. It's not the quote-unquote most important to the canon stuff. It's the stuff I like the most and, you know, made, you know, left the biggest impression on me. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's because of the implications on, like, the story in the films or TV shows. Sometimes it's just like, man, I just really, like... I just really love the art in this comic. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, so it's just, it's a living document. It is, we're going to be adding to it. I already have um, something that I'm just about to finish up um, and uh, will definitely, um, on the strengths of what I've read of it so far, will definitely be added to the list. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a, uh, like now we have like the foundation for this it should be pretty easy to just add things in so um yeah check that out on our site and uh you know we'll probably be tweeting out every time we you know add a few things to it um over the course of the years we will uh we will continue to uh, update that post um let's see uh we have what is it monday ryan that uh, targets uh, trading outpost collection today today, today. as today. soon as i uh, get off this uh recording i'm going over to target i saved all my shopping for, for the week <laughs> for today so i could go over and check this out oh you're going over there like physically you're going to go to your target and yes. see what's okay that's optimistic uh <laughs> no uh, hopefully they'll have stuff there i just whenever like i see something like this it's like oh yeah the star wars stuff is supposed to come out like I wonder oh, yeah. if it will, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always like a 50-50. I have seen people were posting like yesterday and Friday, um, like end caps set up for it. Okay. Um, and actually my target was like, was really quick with the, um, 
Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. They had that stuff right away. So I think, I don't know. I got a real good feeling about this. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll good. See. So, and what this is, is a bunch of uh, Galaxy Galaxy's Edge themed or, you know, kind of tied to Galaxy's Edge uh, Star Wars merchandise that's coming to Target, exclusively to Target. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that stuff is launching today. So are there any, um, any items here that you're particularly uh, looking forward to? It's the plushies. The plushies. Um, yeah, the, the the plush Bantha, the Porg, and the Ewok. Mm-hmm. Um, those are uh, those are the top top picks for me. That's and I've seen um, I've seen people posting on Twitter and on um, you know like Yak Face retweeting and um, you know Forlam Dezakis and some of like the um, collecting accounts that I follow retweeting people like finding you know it's just like a box um like a display box with all of the um plushies in them and they're like already at stores um at some stores but i think they're um street date so you can't like buy them um until today so um yeah they exist and they're really cute I'm gonna buy some. Uh, I I am looking forward to, or I'm excited about this R2D2 um, Astromech mug, but mm. I'm I'm hoping that's a coffee mug. I think it's a coffee mug, but underneath it is a, a sort of tiki Jawa. I don't know. Uh, that's more of like a Stein or a tiki, you know, mug or whatever, but not so much of a coffee thing. But this R2 looks like a coffee uh, cup, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty into that one. Um, so I'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, next time I go to Target. Um, yeah. I've been using a uh, Coffee Keeps Me Rolling BB-8 coffee mug since 2015 that came out nice. with, uh, yeah, it's like my primary coffee mug at home. And I love it, but uh, it's like probably the first piece of BB-8 or maybe the second piece of BB-8 merchandise I got. And uh, I, I really love this coffee mug and I use it like every day. And mm-hmm. I've just been thinking lately, like maybe I need to retire this guy because yeah accidents happen you know what i mean yep. and uh it's a i've got some sentimental attachments to this one and it might be time to move on to something else and this r2 mug is you know looks really cool um but it would be you know if i broke it or something it would be like well that was a cool mug but this this one is a, a time and place type thing you know this bb8 mug so might be ready to to upgrade um and this is uh, we're looking at the merchandise on the starwars.com uh post about this merch drop um mm-hmm. and it uh is is not meant to be comprehensive i don't think so there's gonna be no. other stuff um well. over a hundred items oh wow okay yeah because i've seen um some of the other stuff too there's like masks and build a droids and build a lightsaber and oh. it's all like galaxy's edge branded huh. well, so that's... it's like a, it's a totally new line cool okay yeah i'm into it uh the hondo anaka black series is uh is cool as well yeah um and uh yeah so lots of good stuff uh so question for you before we move on from this one um Mm -hmm. if you go to target today ryan Mm -hmm. and the um vintage collection millennium falcon is uh on the shelf it's not uh, in stores at 400 dollars. well okay they they said not in stores they said online only right yeah sometimes they say stuff though i'm just saying like if you go if you go to the store and you walk up to that end cap (laughs) and that glorious magnificent gigantic uh millennium falcon with i think it comes with chewbacca and hondo hondo too three and three quarter yeah Yeah. 
um, you know, is, is there any possibility, is there any possibility that you walk out with that Millennium Falcon or is there any possibility that you don't walk out with that Millennium Falcon? Like, how does that work? How does that happen? Well, what, what um, I, what occurs is I send a, I take a picture and I send a text message to our Star Wars text chain and go, oh my God, what do I do? Uh huh. And then everyone well, we tell you to buy, it. To buy it. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm very torn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then then you respond with a gif of uh of uh Kylo Ren saying I'm being torn apart, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I uh send a picture of it in the passenger seat of my car <laughs> um with a uh picture of Anakin saying I'm not the Jedi I should be. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Um I mean word, word is that the uh, PS5 is going to be pretty hard to get this um this fall. I don't know if that'll be the case with the Xbox Series X or not, but uh, you know, maybe just take whatever funds you were going to use for that and buy that Millennium Falcon instead. So yeah, well, I wasn't planning on buying either of those. So, oh. um, All right. so well. I, 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 I got that. I got that Falcon money, okay, sweet. Guess, sweet. which I actually don't. Um, yeah. But it will be tempting. It will be that will be um, that will be temptation from the dark side. For yeah. Sure. Yeah um well okay we'll, we'll move on from the target story but uh I, I will just say that um if this galaxy's edge branded star wars merch uh sticks around on shelves at target like through the fall and into the holiday season and you know when you go to target there's some there's some cool star wars stuff around um mm-hmm. that would be that'd be pretty that'd make me pretty happy because uh yeah. I, I do love when there's like a star wars merch push and you know you feel like you can find some little Star Wars item in various different, you know, sections and locations of the store. Like when Force mm-hmm. Friday happens and all of a sudden there's a bunch of, uh, you know, notebooks and folders and pencils that are Star Wars themed. And, you know, there's whatever, all the, all, you know, T-shirts and toys and, you know, just little things. But I, I love walking through the aisles of a store and like, oh, here's a Star Wars thing. There's a Star Wars thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it just like as I read the story and we were talking about it, it just kind of felt like, oh, this could be one of those sort of. And it wouldn't be to that scale, obviously, but it could be one of those organic yeah. things where it's like, oh yeah, there's like a there's a a themed Star Wars vibe throughout the store, you know, and I can grab a little Star Wars thing once in a while when I'm at Target. Like, I mean, you can always do that, I guess, but if it feels like it it's hasn't, part of a, hasn't been much lately. Yeah, um, yeah. lots of. I mean, it's cool that there's a lot of uh, child merch, um, which seems to be moving um like they restock it and then it's gone and then they restock it and it's gone again Mm -hmm. um but like you know at least like i can see those things in stores (laughs) um but i'm glad you know it continues child stuff is continuing to sell yeah yeah that's cool yeah I've, i've spent very little time in any stores lately i just haven't like really been going out uh to stores and so uh, yeah, I haven't seen too much but um, I, I was like having that experience so Genie. 
Sims 4 and this uh, Galaxy's Edge tie-in for The Sims 4. I uh, don't know much about that game. Um, I feel like you probably do, a little bit at least. Um, so what do you think about this uh, Star Wars tie-in to The Sims 4? So, um, I don't know much about The Sims 4. Um, I uh, played the original Sims uh, God, when that la- launched like back in the late 90s, because it was like the biggest you know, PC game in the world. And like, I wanted to see what, you know, it was all about. And um, it didn't really click with me. Um, I haven't played any of the games since, but um, my wife, Lindsay, plays um, a ton of Sims. Um, She played, uh, I think she's played every iteration. Um, She uh, has been playing Sims 4 since it came out. She, um, you know, buys like pretty much every other expansion pack for it. Um, so this was like obviously like in her wheelhouse. Um, and so like I basically, you know, just um, shared it, you know, shared the article with her when it dropped and everything. And she's like, oh, hell yeah. And then I watched the trailer and. I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Actually. Um, it's like it's such a different take on Star Wars games, um, because of just like, you know, the nature of it being like part of a, a Sims thing. Um, but from my understanding, um you can you can take your like Sims character and go to Batu, go to Galaxy's Edge. Um, and then and just like hang out there and do a bunch of stuff and um, while you're there you can um, I don't know win purchase you can somehow acquire earn um, Star Wars related things that you can then take back to like your house your like sim world um, whatever and I think there's just something like really cool and meta about that Um, (laughs) because it's like it's because, you know, Sims is like a cartoony, you know, simulation of our lives. Um, But then like your character can go to this like, you know, super stylized, exaggerated version of a place that actually exists in our world um, and then, like, you know, come back with, like, trinkets and stuff. And, I don't know, there's something, like, really cool and meta and endearing about that um, to me. And I think, like, what's... I think, like, watch the trailer. Because, like, it does, like, legitimately seem 
you know, I don't know what like the gameplay mechanics and stuff of the Sims are and everything, but um, the stuff they showed in the trailer like made it look like really fun and kind of like chill. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's um, Lindsay's buying it for sure. So yeah. I'm probably going to, um, you know, kind of like maybe like check in and like watch her experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe we can um, get her on the show to talk about it. Sure. Um, but like, I'm also like kind of open to the idea of picking it up myself. Um, if it like, if it seems like, you know, after watching a little bit, like if it seems like something that I would enjoy or, you know, be able to get, get something out of, um, I might grab it. Um, but yeah, it, it launches in nine days. Yeah. <laughs> which September is crazy. 8th, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they just announced it and it's uh it's coming real soon um which is a rarity in star wars games or in video games in general yeah well i mean i I guess it's sort of a dlc thing right so i mean it's definitely a dlc thing so uh not not a full game i guess Mm -hmm. um i guess you know a little less surprising that it's announced and, and releasing pretty quickly but um yeah it's it looks it looks really cool. Um, sometimes my favorite Star Wars games are the ones that are like Lego Star Wars or um, what was the the toy box predecessor game? Um, oh, Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity. Like I actually loved Disney Infinity. I had so much fun Same. playing the Star Wars stuff in Disney Infinity. So Same. yeah, I've never played The Sims. Um, my wife played The Sims and and she loved it. Like, but I'm like, this is maybe 15 years ago or something, you know, but she she loved it back then, but um, yeah, no one around here has played it, you know, since then. Um, so I don't know how into a Sims game I would be, but like, if this is, I just wonder how much content it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if it would be, uh, I don't know, five hours of content for me, like that would probably be enough for me to be, you know, I, I don't need to play it for like 30 hours necessarily, but if it's, mm-hmm. you know, 45 minutes and then you're done, like that would be, cause I'm probably not going to really play the Sims for, you know, outside of wanting to like yeah. go to bed too or whatever, you know what I mean? So I'm just curious, um, you know, what kind of experience it would be for somebody who just kind of wants to drop in and, and do the Star Wars stuff. And uh, I'm not going to be visiting Batu with a VR helmet anytime soon. So, you know, this might be yeah. like my my way to do it uh, virtually, you know, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty interested. I don't know what, like how much it would, how much, I don't actually, I don't, don't, I don't know anything about The Sims. Like, I don't know uh, what platforms I can play it on, how much it would cost <laughs> to buy The Sims for, how much this DLC costs, um, you know. But if you're talking like, I don't know, uh, if I could get into that experience for 25 or 30 bucks and get at least a few hours out of it, um, I don't know, I might be into that. Well, it's more than that. Okay. Um, they have a, They have a physical edition for like um, PS4 and xbox one uh-huh. um and that's it includes the sims 4 and the journey to batu hmm. um and that's 40 dollars. oh okay All um right. for that pack um i'm probably going to play it on pc um yep. i because i just upgraded my or i built a new pc this year yep. um so that's where i'm kind of playing everything um you know is that where Lindsay plays the sims too though or yes. you guys Okay. Yeah. All right. Well then, yep. yeah, that would make sense, right? Um, and so I will, I would probably be looking at it on PC, and I think I will probably like look on. Um, I use Fanatical a lot for um getting my 
um, uh, like deals. Yeah, like because basically you can buy like Steam codes from this website that sells Steam codes legally, and uh-huh. the codes are cheaper than buying the game on Steam. Um, I have no idea how any of this works. Okay. It's probably like weird Bitcoin stuff, but um, but yeah, I uh, I will probably just like look on there for you know a deal on all of it, and um, you know if I can you know, get it at a decent deal. And it seems appealing to me after watching Lindsay play it. Like, yeah, I will. I mean, hanging out on Batu in some capacity with like weird sim stuff, because also the, the thing about the Sims that I do know is it's very weird and everyone acts super weird. And they have like this super weird language, uh, simlish, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's kind of like the old Lego games where they just like talk in gibberish. Um, And I don't know, there's something just like endearing and cool and fun about that. And they do like, you know, they have the pop up like emotions and everything um, and like the thought bubbles. And like for this, there's like people are having like thought bubbles of like lightsabers and stuff. And uh, like it's I don't know, there's just something like really different and endearing about it um that really has me interested yeah yeah um you know if there's a bundle um and it's a physical bundle and stuff like that then i might you know give it a few months and see what happens price wise with it just because um you know not that i don't want to like support it or whatever but just because i like i said i don't really see myself playing the sims much outside of just doing the star wars stuff so Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I think it seems like the kind of thing that, you know, you could probably get for uh, a fair discount at some point, you know, a couple months after it releases. So yeah, maybe I mean, I'll, by Black you know, Friday for sure. Yeah. So maybe I'll kind of keep an eye on it that way. But uh, but it is it, it looks pretty fun and pretty creative. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out in some capacity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe you and Lindsay can can uh, provide some some coverage of it when it comes out and uh that'll hold me over until uh yeah she already heard me talking and texted me like that she wants to <laughs> record an episode after it's uh it drops so all right cool we will definitely have uh, a sims for expert um, all right on the show all right that sounds good we all choose our path light or dark freedom or destruction The Empire chose to destroy Alderaan in order to spread fear and douse the fires of rebellion. But the heroic pilots of the Rebel Alliance have chosen to keep fighting, to show the Empire that we are not afraid. It was their bravery that ended Palpatine's reign and brought about our new Republic. However, the Empire lives on, shattered though it may be. As I speak, Imperial forces are edging toward the Bormia sector, hoping to end our new Republic before we find our footing. As their empire collapses, they try to tighten their grip. But the galaxy is changing, and you can be a part of it. With the help of brave and daring pilots, this war can end. Make a choice. Fly with the new Republic. Change our galaxy for the better. Hi, I'm Suzanne Hunka, narrative producer on Star Wars Squadrons. Our single-player story is one of daring pilots and deep-seated rivalries. Take Titan Squadron, hunt down this Starhawk, and eliminate it. Gladly, Admiral Sloan. 
Over the course of the story, you'll fly as two pilots on opposite sides of the war. And, like all modes in Star Wars Squadrons, you'll have the option to experience every mission fully immersed in VR. Where Gentil is, Rogue Squadron. I hear you're the reason I was able to finally get a comm through. Today, we're giving you a glimpse of an early Imperial mission behind enemy lines. One of our spies, Agent Thorne, has discovered vital intelligence on Project Starhawk. Your mission is to extract her from an orbital outpost above Hosni and Prime. Behind enemy lines, you'll have to eliminate perimeter defenses. The outpost is defenseless. When you've secured the area, you will escort the Gladius to the outpost, and our extraction team will acquire Agent Thorne. Once Thorne is secure, reach your Gozanti cruisers and return to the Overseer. Cover our escape and escort us to the jump point. We have Republic Corvettes inbound. Move, Titan! Ladies, change course and keep Agent Thorne safe. Titan Free, take out those fighters. Understood. I'll handle it. You have my thanks, Titan Squadron. No time to celebrate. Move on. Each mission will immerse you into the escalating conflict between the New Republic and a Shattered Empire. Debrief with your squadmates between missions. You're our new wingmate. Customize and master all eight starfighters and join the galaxy's finest. I need you focused and ready to go. From bombing runs at the Nadiri dockyards to setting a trap in the Xavian Abyss, the story of these rival squadrons will push the war to the brink and define the galaxy for years to come. I look forward to seeing you in combat October 2nd. Uh, okay, and um, I don't know if uh, we'll be experts or not, but uh, we'll have some Star Wars Squadrons players for sure as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we got a new uh, Star Wars Squadrons video preview from Gamescom also. Um, and this was focused on the um, single player content for the game and the, the sort of story or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it was cool. Um, I am looking forward to the game. I still am personally like, I just, um, I don't know exactly how it's going to play or kind of like what my experience playing it will be. Because um, whenever I see like cockpit footage and, and stuff like that, I'm always just like, whoa, there's a lot going on. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to have to sit down and, and, and play the game for a while. But uh, but I'm certainly excited. Um, I what, what did you think about the the single player preview here, Ryan? Like, what, what was your takeaway from from this? Uh, my two takeaways are Ray Sloan and Harris Syndulla. Okay, all right. <laughs> like I'm, I mean, I'm in for sure. Whatever the story is. Yeah, I mean, my, yeah, I, I guess that's uh, it's kind of what I was thinking. Is like, well, uh, gameplay wise, it still looks cool, but like I, I, you know, I just think I need to play it before I'll know kind of what the experience is like and, and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And then the. You know, so it didn't it didn't give me a lot new in terms of gameplay. Obviously, it was much more about uh, story. And mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds cool. You know, it looks good. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, OK, so you're going to play as both uh, Imperial and Rebellion um, mm -hmm. forces. I'm wondering if there's going to be some kind of flip at some point, you know, um, which is a little reminiscent of Battlefront 2. Um, mm -hmm. but, but maybe there won't be. Maybe maybe you'll just play as the bad guys and the good guys and flip back and forth. And that'll be that. But uh I don't know. I, I was by the time the video was over, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if somebody's gonna 
you're going to play as a bad guy, but they're going to become a good guy or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, or vice versa, which would be. Well, that could be interesting cool too. Sure. Um, you know, cause this is again, like the single player is done by EA motive mm-hmm. who did the battlefront two single player. And like, you know, I think it would be a cool balance in the force if they did it that way. Um, the vibe I get though, is that it's like, you're going to play a set, you know, series of missions with like imperial characters and a set series of missions with um republic characters rebellion characters it's almost Um, like two different campaigns or yeah i think that's the vibe i get because like i don't well i don't i don't know though i don't know though but that's that's the vibe i get i feel like going into um battlefront 2 and inferno squad and all that like i knew i think we knew that you were going to start as um an imperial and then um move to the rebellion like we knew that going in and this feels like no you're you're doing an equal amount of missions for both sides yeah Hmm. yeah and i guess it would be kind of weird to like let's say there's some you know, the battle of Scarif or whatever. I mean, it won't be that battle, but just as an example. Um, and then you, you know, you play as the Imperials and you know, you win or whatever, or you lose, I don't know, whatever you do. Um, and then you do the same thing from the rebellion perspective. Uh, be kind of weird to do those like sequentially, I guess, maybe like in order, like, you know, feeling like you're being pulled in two different directions where, um, you know, maybe you just, uh, you just do the whatever side you want to do first and then go back and play through, you know, some of those same sequences, but from the, you know, the different angle um, later, instead of bouncing back and forth, like one Imperial, one Rebellion, one Imperial, one Rebellion. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited about it. I think it was Vanessa Marshall, uh, for sure, voicing Hera in the trailer there, right? So that was cool. Oh, really? I think so. I mean, I didn't. Nice. I would assume so. Um, it sounded like her, but. Yeah, it sounded great. So. Yeah. And it, it definitely looks gorgeous, as all these EA Star Wars games do. So, yep. Uh, yeah, yep. can't wait. And that's uh, early October, right? Like, yeah, first week, October. first week of October. First yeah, week of October. Okay. Um, my uh, my flight stick is ready. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna be I, playing uh, on PC. I'm gonna be playing on PC. Yeah. So I wonder, does it have crossplay or no? Uh, it does have crossplay. It does have crossplay. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool. Yep. Okay. So. All right. Very good. Um, and then last video game uh, announcement mm-hmm. or trailer and announcement was for um, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Um, there's a new gameplay trailer, which looks like a lot of fun. And unfortunately, there is uh, the delay from October um, into spring of next year, right? Yep. Um, so we talked about it offline, Ryan, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of both of us were like, well, we're going to be playing Squadrons um in the fall and so this kind of spreads things out a little bit uh mm. anyway so um that's i guess kind of my take on it uh is that you know i can give my attention to it in the spring and give my attention to squadrons now in the fall so it's uh yeah. it's fine um the bummer for you know my kids who are my younger son anyways who is excited for this one um, and it's, you know, squadrons is going to for sure be beyond his capacity, I think, or capability. Yeah. So, you know, for kids who, uh, who, who aren't going to play a game like that, it's, it's kind of a bummer, but, um, 
but yeah, it's okay. We'll we'll have uh, a new Star Wars game in the fall and a new Star Wars game in the spring. Uh, any big takeaways from the from the trailer here? Um, the trailer's amazing. Yeah. Um, for one, I think uh, if you haven't watched it, it's so good. Um, it it's hilarious. Um, but it also uses the like um orchestrated um you know really uh stringy um version of the theme um from like the rise of skywalker and the rise of skywalker trailers yeah uh, that gets us all worked up um it uses that which is uh you know it's just it's just awesome to hear that always um yeah it feels both epic and hilarious at the same time yeah i lost it at uh the two porgs in a cloak (laughs) yeah that was uh that was the highlight for me um so yeah that was uh super fun also um they weren't joking about uh playable yaddle (laughs) playable yaddle uh features prominently in the trailer Mm -hmm. and uh in the starwars.com post yeah yeah, I mean, that's one of the things with the Lego games, of course, is to unlock like so many uh, characters. It's, it's kind of like what you're one of your primary things you're doing is, is unlocking your your uh, what, grabbing blocks or whatever so that you can unlock uh, more and more characters. So um, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of uh, quirky and, you know, um, minor Star Wars characters that you'll be able to unlock and play as. So, um, but yeah, Yaddle has not gotten a lot of love in video games as far as I know. So, um, it's kind of a, <laughs> or in anything. Yeah. So it's kind of a unique, uh, unique thing for them. So that's cool. Or for, yeah, yeah for Yaddle. For Yaddle. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think it looks beautiful. Um, looks like a lot of fun and, uh, it's just, it's just cool to see, um, like f- gameplay scenarios and, you know, environments and all that stuff from all these different Star Wars movies, which of course is the mm-hmm. selling point of the Skywalker saga version of Lego Star Wars. But, um, you know, we've had like Lego Star Wars, the original trilogy, or we've had the force awakens or, you know, uh, the clone yeah. wars or whatever, but it's, it's cool to see just like kind of all these eras together, uh, in one game. And yeah, like it opens up with some pod racing and it's like, Whoa, cool. Lego pod racing. Like that's going to be fun. I don't yeah. know. It's just like a lot of exciting stuff in there. So, yeah, we have, um, I mean, there's stuff from last Jedi and rise of Skywalker, yeah. um, which we had never really seen in like animated Lego form. Um, I mean, really cool stuff from rise of Skywalker Ray with her yellow lightsaber and, uh, you know, the battle on the death star between Kylo and, and Ray. And, yeah, yeah. That, really that big, big jump. Yeah. Um, in there and uh and then finn riding the space horse yeah yeah on uh the um the bridge of the whatever. star destroyer or... yeah yeah or whatever. whatever is that what they it were on? i think so yeah uh, yeah um yeah and then like um bb8 and rose in the um uh atst the broken one yeah um from last jedi like yeah Lots of just cool stuff um, in there for sure. It's just, it's awesome to just see it all, all together. Um, and then also a really, if, uh, you know, if you're buying it physically, um, I think it's one that like, I would actually spring for the deluxe edition, um, which I mean, you know, probably has like, you know, an extra unlockable character and yeah. whatever, some skin or something. Um and I think it might actually come with a minifig. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, the packaging is amazing. <laughs> um, it's like a, 
it's like a sleeve um a clear sleeve that like you pull off it's got like vader and you pull the sleeve off and then it's like you know it takes his helmet off um and has like a lego version of um helmetless vader and uh it rules <laughs> just a cool thing to have on your shelf yeah that is cool yeah it looks like it, it comes with um a well that you know deluxe packaging um it comes with a luke skywalker with blue milk lego minifig um you know sold if, if that's exciting to people yeah and then a character collection bundle pack of some kind so with uh, six more characters. Oh, six. Now more. that I'm actually looking at it. Okay. So, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. Uh, I will definitely get a physical version of the game because um, for the Switch, and you know, we have uh, a couple of Switches in this house, so uh, that way people mm-hmm. can share it between uh, different devices. So, uh, I'll definitely go physical, and we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably what twenty more dollars for the deluxe edition. I bet so. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But yeah, either way, uh, I'm definitely excited for Lego Star Wars for sure, uh, in in various forms for the holiday special for this uh, Skywalker Saga. Um, yeah, game. It's gonna be good. Totally. Bit of a renaissance for Lego Star Wars here. So, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, Ryan, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap up by talking Force Fest and uh, some of the books we've been reading. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force is unusually strong with him. That much is clear. Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. From the resistance. Your sister Leia sent me. We need your help. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So be it, Jedi. Okay, so Ryan, um, I unfortunately have not had a chance to uh, hop into this Force Fest 
kind of virtual fan led, um, what'd you call it? Uh, festival convention gathering, um, that's been going on this weekend, but, um, you have, as we talked about earlier, you have, um, been engaging with that a little bit. So, um, how about you tell us, uh, kind of what that's been like and, uh, what some of the highlights have been. Yeah. So, um, it's been pretty cool. Uh, it's done through a platform I was not familiar with, um, called, uh, get vocal and, um, it's kind of like, like a Twitch type thing where, you know, you have your presenters and, you know, it looks like a zoom call and, uh, and then you have like a chat going. Um, but, uh, you, you buy like, you can pay money. Um, the convention's free to like go to any of the panels and stuff. Um, you just make an account and uh, you can go to the panels. But um, you can buy um, like I don't know, Vogel bucks or whatever, um, and you can use those like in a panel. You can, um, and I guess this is probably how like Twitch and stuff work. Um, I don't know. I don't ever watch like Twitch streamers or anything. So, um, but like you can basically like when you're in a panel, you can um, pay some of your, the bucks that you bought with real money. You can, you know, pay them to just be like, Hey, I like your panel. Um, But all the, um, like you buy these, uh, this virtual currency with real money. um, But all the money is going to make a wish foundation. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a charity thing. Um, you're not like paying these the presenters or anything. Um, so who are just like doing this because they're cool. And uh, yeah, so um, that's kind of like how the platform works. There's an app for it on um, iOS. I did I watched some of the panels um, on my iPad when I was doing other things. Um, and then like you can also watch them in like Google Chrome. Um, and everything so um, as far as like the actual panels I attended like I kind of hopped back and forth between um, a few of them but I just want to highlight some of them that I was um, you know kind of in for like the whole the whole time um, and really enjoyed Um, and this is going to lead into the Dr. Afro Adventure Hour so um, okay, got to make sure we get that in somewhere. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the first one um, that I wanted to highlight, and this is not in the order that I went to them or anything, um, but the first one was how Star Wars comics build upon, maintain, and project canon and continuity. Um, don't worry, John. It is not a what is and what isn't canon conversation. Um, it's more about. Um, like the comics themselves in the Disney era and how they, um, you know, sometimes uh, build on the canon in um, the films and TV shows. Mm. But um, mostly it was just a discussion about like, you know, what are people's favorite, um, you know, comics and uh, stuff from the Disney era. Um, And it was talking both Marvel and IDW. Okay. which one big takeaway I had from this panel is apparently I really need to read the Star Wars Adventures uh, clone battle tales 
Okay. Um, because that book sounds completely in my wheelhouse. Like it's um apparently it's like this super like um uh it's like a it's like a psychology of the clones comic. Um and it's going it goes deep into like stuff about like free will and um all these like very like very like Lucasy kind of meditations on um on stuff and it was a book like i was completely dismissive at of at the comic shop um and now like actually hearing about what the book is um i really want to read it it's it's basically it sounds like the 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 clone stuff in clone wars that i really liked um in a comic book form like distilled into like one medium um so yeah that was a that was a cool you know um and like i'm pretty like in tune with the comics so um you know to be able to come out of this with another comic recommendation was uh pretty rad for me um but then uh there was obviously the question um you know that people in the chat had that was like what's your um favorite uh comic star wars comic currently on the stands and everyone said dr afra um and so the people who were on this panel were uh the two hosts of um star wars splash page which was uh formerly comics with kenobi um and they're great guys and then um broaxium um who i was not familiar with um going into this panel but um and you know i i had some reservations uh just based on their name uh bro is a very triggering word for me um and you know makes me think of a lot of things um but uh yeah they were super cool um i like I followed them on Twitter right away. I'm like curious to check out some of their con- content. Very knowledgeable and, um, you know, just have a good uh, good philosophy on uh, enjoying Star Wars and Star Wars comics. Um, cool. So that was great. Um, and then to continue with uh, the Doctor Afra talk, um, issue three uh, dropped uh, last week. Um, it continues to just like go to crazy places. Um, the maybe not like crazy in terms of like, whoa, that's a crazy Star Wars locale, but just in terms of the storytelling, the, uh, there were more double crosses and betrayals in like this single issue of Afra than like happened in like most entire comic runs. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it is like a really uh i don't know just a really fun story to follow and like i have no idea where it's going um which is always you know kind of like a fun place to be like halfway through a comic arc um like you know have the general sense like you know it's going to work out in some way but um yeah just some uh you know it in this this uh particular run of Dr. Afra like introduced a lot of new characters and kind of sidelined some of the previous characters. So I think there there's always like kind of like a skepticism that comes with that. Um and these new characters are just fascinating and 
way more like well-rounded than I initially expected. Um, and it is just telling uh, quite a story. Um, and uh, yeah, no idea where it's going to go, but um, the, it, the book just keeps getting better every issue. Um, and then I also, back to Force Fest, I was at the Celebrating the Diversity in Star Wars panel, and that one was a fantastic discussion. Um, and the, the what I want to highlight from that panel is uh, one of the um, one of the presenters on the panel was like, they were, I mean, they were talking about um, you know the introduction of many uh, more diverse characters in the Disney era and such, and representation mattering. Um, but one of them, you know, they were you know mostly. Um, one of the one of the presenters was like kind of just like a movie and TV show um, fan and uh, and was like, yeah, I kept hearing about this Dr. Afra, And so I finally just went out to, you know, the store and bought um, bought one of these, uh, you know, trade paperbacks and everyone was like, yay. And uh, it was uh, it was super cool. Um, and I and that's just again, like. I think the you know the 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 Doctor Afra uh, buzz is building um, and continuing to you know be some a character that more and more Star Wars fans are becoming aware of, and I think just about like anyone who checks out Afra's stuff has enjoyed it so far. Um, so again, like I just want to continue to plug it, uh, plug Afra's stuff on the show, and then also just like in you know keep talking about the character um if you if you like the character keep talking about them and um you know keep that buzz going get more people interested etc um and then you know um if you know if the end game of star wars characters is to be in a tv show or film um which you know maybe it is um you know, I think we're like on a path to, uh, you know, at some point, a live action or animated version of Doctor Afra appearing. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think that uh, that that seems inevitable um, to happen in in some capacity, and uh, I think you know, animated could be great. Um, I hope to see more animated um, projects coming from Lucasfilm and Star Wars. You know. Uh, outside of just like, you know, kind of having like one big flagship animated show going at a time or whatever. Um, it would be cool to have, you know, maybe more than one animated show, uh, happening at once. And, uh, also, you know, maybe some animated movies and things like that. Um, we were talking about fandom earlier. I didn't watch it. Uh, like I said, I'm not super into DC, but I know like they've been pretty successful with doing animated movies and, and, uh, you know, doing a lot of animation, right. Like, and, and telling, mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know what the, the word is, but uh, like focusing on telling um, stories. I, I, I'm, I don't want to say like important stories, but like um, not just like cartoons for kids, right? Like they're, they're, you know, viewing animation as a, as a, a just as legitimate a platform for telling stories about some of their characters as, as any other, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. and I mean, Lucasfilm does too, obviously the Clone Wars and, you know, they, they've put a lot of um, effort into that too, but uh, yeah, it just feels like there's, there's opportunity for more Star Wars animation than, than we've seen so far. Um, and 
yeah, Afra seems like a, she'd be a great fit for that. Um, and, uh, you know, whether or not she gets her own show or movie or whatever, uh, it, it does definitely does feel like she will show up somewhere in, in one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, I and mean, of course, I, you know, you can keep it locked here to the Dr. Afra adventure hour to hear any updates, uh, about uh, what's going on with Afra, right? I mean, you're committed, yeah, you're committed to that. Oh yeah. yeah. Every episode going forward. <laughs> um, all right. And the final panel I really want to highlight. Um, and it, I would say like, if you go back and watch one panel, this is the one I would recommend. Um, is and you can watch these um they're archived on the site and then also um they i think like individuals are going to like post them to youtube and stuff okay. as well um but the rose tico deserved better panel um was a great discussion about um you know a character that we love um many people love um that and i think the title of the panel um might be um off putting to some people or feel combative um which i think it should because i think people should be listening to um you know people who are saying this um but it's not just if you're thinking it's a panel that's just like dunking on Rise of Skywalker, it is absolutely not that. Um, it is like a, a pretty thoughtful deep dive on just, you know, the um, the history of um, the character, the ancillary materials about the character, um, the impact um, the character had on uh, women of color, um, a lot of talk about Kelly Marie Tran as a person, a lot of talk about um, toxic parts of the fandom um, that, you know, drove her from social media and brought like basically mainstream attention to the Star Wars fandom um, because of like just how awful people were about this. Um, and then also um, some great discussion about, you know, uh, you know, Kelly's, projects now the stuff she's working on um and then so in addition to like that history and um reflection on that time period um there's also a great conversation about you know where um where lucasfilm can take this character um from here um and what it could look like um what people feel it should look like um and yeah, I don't want to say anything else about it because I think uh, everyone should just check out this panel. Um, you may agree with parts of it. You may disagree with parts of it. Um, but I think it's an important conversation to have. And I think it's an important conversation for uh, all of us in the Star Wars fandom to hear. Yeah, that sounds good. I will definitely check that one out. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely sounds like it would be worth uh, going back and watching. I, I, I want to link to the Force Fest uh, site, and I will, but uh, it's a little tough to navigate, it seems like to me anyway. It's like, um, or like just I was Googling it, trying to get to like the Force Fest uh, you know, page or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little tricky to track down. So we'll definitely link to that one specifically. Um, and then I'll try to 
you know, get a, a good link to an overview of, uh, you know, all the panels. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I also want to say, uh, Laura, um, Laura Siracle, oh. who we had on the show. Laura Siracle, yes. Um, I was a, I was afraid I was going to mispronounce her name. Well, um, I probably did, but yeah. <laughs> Laura, who has been on the show before to talk about like her experience uh, cosplaying as Rose and everything. Um, yeah, she is on this panel um, and is awesome as usual. So, yep. Okay, yeah, uh, just another reason then to definitely check it out. So uh, we'll do that for sure. Um, okay, last thing here, Ryan, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the books that we have been reading. Uh, you finished the Poe Dameron Freefall book. Um, I am only about a third of the way through. Uh, unfortunately, I've been busy with lots of other stuff, so I haven't had too much time to read uh, the last week. But um, yeah, I've, I've read just the first section of it. Uh, you finished it. So I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but I'm just kind of like through that uh, section that you talked about on the show last week, which is the kind of, uh, you know, family drama section. So mm -hmm. um, you kind of already touched on that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, uh, it's well done so far. Um, what are I mean, without spoiling things, obviously, because I'm still reading the book and I'm sure a lot of other people are, but uh, yeah. kind of where did you land with uh, Poe Dameron Freefall? Um, I wonder if it would be better for us to just discuss it when you finish it. Okay, sure. And then that also gives, uh, you know, other people more time to read it if they choose. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think, you know, we went over the first part and now I think it would probably just make more sense for us just to wait and talk about it when you finish it. Okay, yeah, that works for me. Um, so then you've been reading the Clone Wars stories of light and dark? Yes. Um, and a few things about this book um, that I noticed right away. First of all, it is, uh, it's just an awesome feeling book. Um, just, it's like a big chunky square of a book. Um, the the text is huge um in it and uh you know the and there's like these uh you know you take the slip cover off and there's like just great uh images underneath that just like it's just a book that feels really good um which um you know it in i I go, you know, back and forth and, you know, some of my Star Wars books I buy digitally, some of them I buy physically. This is one that I'm really happy to buy physically. Basically, if I know there's going to be, um, like, original art in it, um, I buy it physically and um, I knew there were going to be some uh, drawings in here. So, um, you know, at the, at the beginning of the chapters. So um, I bought it physically. I'm glad I did. It's a book that looks and feels great. Um as far as the content goes, um, I think this is, you know, we've we've talked about our, um, you know, our highs and lows of the Clone Wars, like ad nauseum on this show. Um, I think this book, for me, captures the stuff I really love about the Clone Wars. Um, I think it's the stuff that I liked best in the Clone Wars um, wasn't necessarily the action, but the the character drama and the themes. Um, and I think, you know, 
print lends itself better to that sometimes, um, especially with the way they approach this, which is it's primarily, um, with one exception, which we'll get to, it's primarily um, adaptations of the episodes. And that's that's not new. I think they were publishing... Um, I know they did this with Rebels, at least. They were publishing these, um, you know, books that were just, like, recaps of the episodes, basically, like, young like young adult, teen, uh, tween books. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's not new um, to have, like, Clone Wars episodes in print. Um, but what the what's interesting about this is it's kind of a mix between that and, like, a certain point of view, um, where it's the stories told from one character's perspective and each story is by a different author. And so it's a lot of like, you know, familiar, familiar faces uh, in star Wars writing um, who kind of showed up to do this like anthology short story collection. Um, But it, it really does have that um, from a certain point of view um, feeling because, but it's uh, you know, it is just, from one character's like perspective so it's like their inner monologue and their you know thoughts and concerns so it's like experiencing these clone wars episodes again in a different way and it i think it for some of the best stories in here it gives um it really kind of um gives them a chance to really kind of lock down and solidify the themes. Um, because like we know that um, with George and Dave's approach to the show, like they wanted, you know, they wanted there to be, you know, action and fun stuff for kids, but they also wanted to like bring in themes from star Wars and, you know, personal themes um that were important for them. And I think this sort of anthology um, really lends itself to kind of exploring and celebrating those themes in like a deeper way. Um, So yeah, I think like I'm, you know, getting a little bit more out of um, some of the stories here than I did when initially watching the episodes or, you know, or it's just like kind of enhancing that. Um, there's, there's a couple stories that, you know, I, you know, I didn't really love the episode and I didn't really, you know, there wasn't that much more they could do with the, with the story, um, just based on the source material. Um, but everything is like a really quick read. So even the ones that there's been like two that I'm like, eh, kind of so-so on. Um, but the ones I really loved, um are you know even feel even more powerful um in this medium to me um and then but they're not all retellings um because there's also one new story um and the new story is from uh Ian Convery um who is well-known um, within the uh, Star Wars animation um, department. She's um, 
a you know published author uh she's um yeah she's uh she's oh, what am I, an educator <laughs> i don't know why that uh word was so hard for me um to find because that's also what i do but um but yeah she's an author an educator um you know a researcher and um she's also influenced uh many uh aspects of the clone wars like um characters like bo katan um she was an influence for and um and the the owls which i'm forgetting the name of were i, I think they're called congrees aren't they or it's something uh they're okay. named after her yeah that would make sense um and um yeah and she's dave filoni's wife and so i think this is her first for foray foray <laughs> into uh star wars writing um and she just like just nails it on the first time um i think like for me um she chose a topic that was a really easy sell for me um she does a night sisters story and i love those space witches um and she you know she has her background in um a lot of uh you know mythology and um and stuff like that and then uh she also uh self identifies as uh a former goth uh which you know is always a great perspective to bring into um stories about witches and stuff so she like you know she's done her homework around uh you know some of the different uh rituals and all that stuff um but the story, it's like, it's a little bit horror, um, and it's a little bit, uh, you know, mythology, a little bit of like, um, philosophy. I don't know. It just brings like a lot of cool stuff to it, um, while like kind of running in, it's not a retelling of an episode, but it's like, it runs parallel to the night sisters arc um and add some like depth and clarity to that um so it's really awesome um like yeah read that story and then uh listen to the sky talkers interview with her um but make sure you read the story first um and then because the interview with her um is phenomenal it's hilarious and um just great like you you get some uh you get some some fun uh behind the scenes dave filoni stories out of it you get um a lot of like philosophy and mythology talk out of it um yeah so definitely read the story buy the book read the story read all the stories Listen to the interview on Sky Talkers is my life advice. Okay. All right. Will do. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, but I, I saw some, you know, kind of confusion and pushback a little bit when this book was announced um, because it was like, I think people at first expected it would be a bunch of new Clone Wars stories. And then when they realized it was retellings of episodes, um, there was, yeah, like a little bit of uh, 
oh, you know, um, wires crossed in terms of the communication there or whatever. But uh, I don't know, like as you described it, um, it, it almost sounds like, well, it definitely actually sounds more appealing to me than um, the uh, From a Certain Point of View books. Um, just because like those, well, I mean, there's only been one so far, but a lot of times it felt like they were just kind of looking for something to tell a story about that's, you know, from the corner of, of, uh, a Star Wars movie or whatever, um, that didn't need to be told, uh, versus mm -hmm. this being like, Hey, these are some stories that have been told and they're good stories. And so in a different medium, you could dig into different aspects of them or really emphasize things that, you know. Uh, maybe a little tougher to emphasize in a 22 minute episode of a animated show on the Cartoon Network. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's that that sounds pretty valuable to me. So, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, again, just as someone who's, um, you know, kind of kind of right in the middle when it comes to Clone Wars, um, you know, this book kind of nails the stuff that I really love and appreciate about the, the stories told in that show. Right on. Cool. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be back soon with one focused on a Mandalorian trailer, uh, or maybe we'll be back... We'll be back soon either way, but uh, maybe we'll be back soon with a, a Mando trailer um, episode or you know, maybe not. It's a mystery. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, until then, um, you can find everything we do at BlockadeRunnerPodcast.com. If you want to reach out to us, we um, you can do so at BlockadeRunnerPodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at BlockadeRun. Uh, Ryan, you are on Twitter at? Vaya Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. Cool. And definitely check the show notes because uh, we'll link to the panels and podcast episodes and stuff like that that we, uh, that we mentioned. So you should go check those out for sure. But uh, yeah, until next time, thanks uh, for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon with more Walking Runner podcast. Bye.